You're listening to ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Maurice Pickard, your host, and with me today is Dr. Sandro Galea, Associate Professor of Epidemiology at the University of Michigan. Today, we're going to be discussing mental health and the increased prevalence of anxiety mood disorders in residents of New Orleans. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Dr. Galea, could you capsulize what your paper showed about residents of New Orleans in 2007? The paper showed that there was fairly high burden of psychopathology among residents of New Orleans in the first six months after Hurricane Katrina. That in and of itself was not surprising. We expected that to be the case. What our paper also showed, though, was that circumstances surrounding finances, social stressors, social events were important drivers of psychopathology after Hurricane Katrina, independently of traumatic event exposure. And that means that having difficulties getting a mortgage, having lost a job, having difficulties paying for one's daily needs was in and of itself an important driver of adverse mental health, as was over and above traumas. Was there a sociodemographic difference in your cohort? There were no sociodemographic differences in our cohort, which was a little bit surprising. We speculate that a large part of the reason for that is because this was an event where exposure to traumatic events was so ubiquitous that the normal drivers of psychopathology are different. And that this doesn't mean that under normal circumstances, we might not expect sociodemographic differences, meaning that women are not more likely to have psychopathology than our men. But I think it's just a reminder of the fact that in situations like Hurricane Katrina, where there is such a high burden of traumatic event experiences that it may well be that the drivers are just different in general. If you look at 2005 and compare the numbers of psychopathology shortly after Katrina and compare them to 2007, it appears the numbers are rising. We're getting further away from the actual stress, and yet our numbers seem to be rising. Is this characteristic of other disasters, that the numbers of psychopathology continue to rise? I'm not entirely sure that I'm convinced that the numbers are rising. I think we need a little bit more careful attention to detail with the cohort as the cohort evolves to be able to know whether these truly are rising over time. But I do think that we certainly would expect in the long term that the burden of psychopathology would decrease. That would be surprising if it did not do so. But we also know from other studies that some of these social stressors and financial circumstances that I told you about are drivers of the patterns of what happens with psychopathology after these events. So the continued presence of adverse financial and social circumstances might well be resulting in unusual patterns of psychopathology over time. What I was thinking of, that in a situation of a disaster where you see your problems being solved, or at least attempts to solve housing, education, health care, moving forward, that this might be therapeutic in your mental evaluations of the poor situation you find yourself in. And therefore, when you see a delay, as we have seen, that this might contribute to the mental health deterioration of residents of New Orleans. You're asking a question about changes and perceived changes. And I think it is true that perceived improvement probably does make a difference. It probably is a good thing. And there is so little longitudinal research after these events that it's very hard to distinguish between 
time status and changing status. And I think there's enough evidence of a point in time status to suggest that uh, positive changes are probably in and of themselves beneficial, yes. In your study, did you evaluate what is happening to the healthcare system in New Orleans? In other words, that doctors are not moving back, that only one general hospital still remains open, that there is a significant drop-off in healthcare professionals in New Orleans, and that this might be contributing to some of your data. We did not look explicitly at healthcare provision. I think in many respects, though, the poor provision of healthcare resources is a symptom of a much larger malaise in the area. And I think the poor provision of healthcare resources is really a symptom of the poor provision of infrastructural resources overall. And I suspect that we are going to see the adverse consequences of this inattention to healthcare resources in the next few years. And this goes back to the question you were asking me about the course of psychopathology after these events. And my response was, well, we would expect psychopathology to get better. Well, that is the case under normal circumstances. But as we've said in this call, there is very relatively little after Hurricane Katrina that one could construe as normal. If I interpret you right, you're saying the healthcare system in this area was certainly below average. We know that the number of beds per thousand in New Orleans prior to Katrina did not meet the national average, and of course now it's even significantly lower, and that mental health beds were low and have become even lower percentage-wise. Is that what you're saying, and that this might have predisposed to some of the problems we're now seeing? That's about right, yes. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Maurice Pickard, and today I'm discussing with Dr. Sandro Galea the mental health conditions that exist in New Orleans following Katrina. Dr. Galea, what can we learn from Katrina as far as disaster management and, in particular, your expertise in mental health? I think we can learn quite a bit about mental health, in particular about the factors that drive adverse mental health after situations of mass trauma. I think in terms of disaster management, the biggest lesson I'm extracting from this from the point of view of public health is that there is a shared role of rapid reconstruction in terms of both providing people with their places of residence and jobs, but also that the kind of restoration of normal social circumstances is probably a substantial driver of restoration of good health. In many respects, that's good news. It's good news that reconstruction and the rapid rebuilding can serve the joint purposes of taking people back to their normal living circumstances and also improve their health. In some respects, it's bad news if we don't do a good job of reconstruction, which unfortunately seems to be, have been the case after Katrina. From what you've just said about Katrina, do you see that as a question of public policy, that we're moving in a direction towards a different model towards dealing with things like natural disasters? I think as a matter of public policy, we probably should be moving to a different model of dealing with things after natural disasters. I'm just not sure that we are. I haven't been particularly impressed by our national response to Hurricane Katrina. I don't think most people have been either. So if health considerations can be a driver of improved public policy towards these events, then I think we'll be doing something right. In a paper that you wrote in Epidemiology Review, In 2005, you talked about what are the causes of post-traumatic stress syndrome following a disaster. From that paper in particular, can you bring anything forward that we might use? I think our work after these events, and we've now studied, my team has studied several of these events, including the Madrid train bombing, September 11th, in New York City. We have some studies in Israel and obviously have many other research groups. We are getting a picture of two elements I think are very important from an intervention point of view. The first one is that the context 
in which these events happen. So here we've been calling social circumstances that matter a lot for health. The second one is that what matters for health changes over time. And we have to think of the consequences of these events as being nested within the life course. And uh, we need to think about interventions that are both short and long-term. And I think our national attention after these events, our national attention span is very limited. And we tend to think of these events only in the short term and then move on and forget about them. And in many respects, we need to recognize that ongoing traumatic events, ongoing stressors, ongoing adverse social circumstances all shape the health of populations. And we need to think of comprehensive approaches that provide both individual medical assistance, individual psychiatric assistance, as well as system-wide resources, including hospitals, social services, and situations that allow people to resume their daily living, which in and of itself probably is the best thing we could do. Like 9-11 was an experience that the United States never had experienced, Katrina in many ways was also a natural disaster that this country had really never experienced, or certainly not in the last 70 years. We've looked upon disasters as an unusual thing, and yet in 1975 we had less than 100 natural disasters, and in 2005 we had 400. This appears to be an ongoing problem that we should begin to really put more of our resources and attention to. Do you feel that enough is being done in an academic or a political arena to answer this increasing threat? I think the short answer is no, and that's also probably the long answer. I think our habit as people and as scientists and as health providers is to think of disasters as one of those things that always happen to somebody else, always happens somewhere else. That's sort of not the case. I mean, data from North America shows, has shown time and time again that at least one in 10 residents probably go through one natural disaster through their lifetime, which is relatively high if you think about it. And the likelihood of experiencing disasters is much greater in many other countries in the world. The other thing about disasters is that because they affect so many people, their implications are widespread over general populations. So I think disasters are sentinel events that substantially influence the health of populations, and we need to think about them much more, both from the point of view of political efforts at mitigating their consequences and from a health point of view. Unfortunately, it seems like our political energy has largely gone into trying to prevent disasters from happening, which I think um, we now have sufficient evidence that doesn't seem to be quite working, does it? I don't think we'll ever be able to prevent all disasters from happening, and I'm not convinced that we're going to be able to even reduce the number of disasters happening anytime soon. So it seems to me like our efforts would be better spent, perhaps much better spent, if we focus on what we are getting more and more evidence that we do know how to do, which is how to make sure that we restitute health as quickly as possible after these events. You used the word natural disaster and then disaster, and I just wonder about the word natural. With most of our populations globally living along the coastal borders of various countries, being affected by global warming, rising water, and increasing storms, can we really call the various things that we're beginning to see so frequently and in 2005 affected 157 million people really natural? They're almost man-made disasters. And that may be where our attention should be focusing as far as what to do to lower the number of disasters. From a health point of view, I don't think the cause of an event really matters. This is actually a little bit controversial in literature, but my best read of literature is that it does not really matter whether the event is caused or not caused. What matters is the extent of the traumatic exposure that the population faces. 
some respects, whether disaster is called natural or called human-made, I don't think is medically that interesting. More and more of us in the field, I think, are moving away from using these kind of distinctions, mostly because these distinctions are artificial. Hurricane Katrina was a clearly natural disaster from the point of view. It was a hurricane, but at the same time, it also was an event that was made much worse by human error. So is it human-made? Is it natural? And I guess I don't know, and I'm not sure it really matters. Well, I'd like to thank Dr. Sandro Galea. He's been our guest today. He is an associate professor of psychiatry at the University of Michigan, and we've been discussing mental health in New Orleans following Katrina. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Maurice Pickard. For questions and comments, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com or visit us at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.